0: Welcome back to another episode of Finding Freedom here on the Lions of Liberty podcast network. If you're listening on the Lions of Liberty network feed or if you're listening on the new Finding Freedom solo feed, I appreciate you tuning in. And for those of you who are hearing about this Finding Freedom solo feed, you're like, what the heck is that? What's the difference? Why are there two feeds? Essentially, the reason for it is to branch out to use the Finding Freedom feed to reach uh people, you know, maybe outside of the traditional audience. So, what I've been doing in that feed, and you can find it by searching Finding Freedom, and you should be able to find it in most podcatchers. If you don't, if it doesn't come up, just put in Finding Freedom John Odermatt, it should come right up. And what I've been doing is obviously every Thursday you get this show and then every Tuesday um I give you um one of my you know favorite episodes from my archives I'll go back and pull that out and uh repurpose it and deliver it freshen it up with uh you know some some snazzy new bells and whistles but I've been getting great feedback from that so I really encourage you to please go join um, join subscribe to the Finding Freedom solo feed and uh share those shows and I would greatly appreciate a a five-star rating, and a nice review. Okay, so got that out of the way. Um, I'm going to actually do this show with, I don't think, any ads today. I'm very limited on time, and I don't have any ads on my plate at the moment. So I will use this moment to say, if you want to advertise on my show or any of the shows on the Lions Liberty Network, our numbers are as high as they've ever been. And uh, we have spaces available for advertising. So you can reach out to myself directly, uh, john at lionsofliberty.com. Or if you have Mark or, or Brian's email, uh, feel free to reach out to them as well. And we will be happy to uh, promote uh, your product, especially coming from a, uh, an audience member, somebody, somebody listening to this show. We would love to help uh, to support your business. Okay. With that out of the way, let's talk about the craziness. The craziness of this world at this moment. I honestly don't know where to start because there's so much going on. It's uh it's it's weird because we we went from COVID information overload where there was no other news and you almost forgot that actual news existed and other things happened. And we had like a little bit of a lull period for a couple of weeks, and now we've gone into Russia. Ukraine um that's the only thing that's on the news. COVID has disappeared from the news. And you know, if you watched the uh Joe Biden state of the union last night, uh, there were hardly any masks worn by any of the uh you know the senators and uh congressmen and women which is good. But, you know, there's still many schools around the country who are, who are masking children. And, you know, after, after parents have watched the Super Bowl with all the celebrities there maskless, maskless and then watched the State of the Union, uh, to see these politicians who have shoved these mandates down our throat for the past two years to see them now all of a sudden maskless. Um, I, I don't know how people keep their composure, but, but people do and they go on and, uh, and life goes on. So. To go back to Ukraine, Ukraine is the is the new story, and I mean, obviously, I get it. It's a uh, it's a war. Not like there aren't other wars and bombings going on in other places. Um, there, there's a there's a good meme that I've seen going around that that showed there's like bombs dropped in the last 48 hours. This was earlier this week or last week, and it had you know Ukraine obviously, it had Somalia. Um, with U.S. bombs being dropped, it had Yemen with uh, Saudi bombs being dropped, and it had Israel dropping bombs on uh, Damascus in in Syria. So of course, you don't hear anything in the news about th- those other areas where you know bombs are raining down from the sky and uh, innocent people are likely dying. Um, you only hear about Ukraine. And I'm, I'm not saying we shouldn't be talking about the Ukraine. Obviously we should. And I'm not, uh, being, a you know, an apologist for, for Russia, which I'm sure some people will accuse me of, um, after listening to this episode. But I mean, I'm just going to tell you, just be a straight shooter and, and tell you what I think is happening here. Um, one thing I do want to take note of, uh, before we get into this. As as Brian, you know, if you listen to ELL on Wednesday, of course Brian admitted for the first time in his life that uh, that he made a mistake, and and he was he was wrong. He was he was wrong about uh, he didn't think Russia would invade. In fact, it was last so quick story here. Last Wednesday night, I'm recording this on on Wednesday night, so a week ago, um, we always record on Wednesday nights our boring podcast. Quick plug, boring show. Um, check it out. B-O-H-R. It's how you spell boring, boring with an H podcast. It's easy to find. We make it easy to find. Um, we record every Wednesday night and it's pushed out on Thursday. So check it out. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, um, YouTube. Good time. Anyway, so we're recording that show. And at the very tail end of it, Howie's always, you know, on Twitter looking for looking for nuggets and, uh, and funny things happening. And uh, he, you know pulls up that Russia has just invaded and Brian and myself and Rico are like, what are they? You're, you're crazy. You're crazy. This is fake news. Pulling up clips. We're looking at, we're looking at a CNN reporter um, who's, you know, putting on a, a flak jacket and a helmet as, as bombs are going off. And honestly, the whole thing looked, it looked surreal. It looked fake. It looked like after seeing, you know, after living through the past two years, obviously, Every single piece of news that happens, I don't care if there's a visual, a video, a picture, I don't trust it. I mean, I'm going to be skeptical. I don't know how you you can blame me or or anyone else who's skeptical. So obviously, at at the beginning, we're skeptical what's happening. Um, After we got off that show, and I, of course, where do you go when when there's a war, when there's breaking news in today's day and age? Do you go to CNN, Fox News, MSNBC? No, I, I went to Twitter and I went to Twitter Spaces, and you know I was on a pretty cool Twitter space where people were pulling information from TikTok and Snapchat and uh, relaying that to uh, to the audience that, that was listening. It was really a, a remarkable thing to listen to, as you know, as this historical event is is happening, as Russia is rolling into Ukraine and bombs bombs are starting to be dropped and people are starting to die. So the war is real. The war is happening. Russia is in the wrong. I think that's pretty clear. Um, anytime anytime any, uh, anyone or a country is aggressing against another country violently and innocent people are being killed and property is being destroyed, private property is being destroyed, I think it's pretty freaking clear the Russia, the Russian government, Vladimir Putin, the Russian government. And yes, those in the Russian military, unless they're being forced and uh, are being conscript, conscripted to be in the military, which they might be, some of them might be there literally at the point of a gun um, they're f- with the threat of their family um, being harmed if they don't go to war. I don't know the circumstances of it. So not blaming those people who are just trying to stay alive necessarily, but the people who are there voluntarily um, fighting this war, invading Ukraine. So let's let's kind of break down the war a little bit because this will be a shorter show today. Uh, unfortunately, um, had to work late and I have a, a time constraint after this, so it's a, li- a little bit, a little bit short on time. But I'll try to give you the best material um, that I can. To go back to what Brian said, Brian said. Yep, you know, obviously Brian and I were both wrong. I agree with him on that. I was wrong too. Whatever. Everybody's wrong every once in a while. It happens. It happens. People are wrong. But you know yeah, Brian seemed to seemed to think that Russia was not going to win this war. So I I think that the the biggest thing that's happening right now with the uh the War propaganda that we're seeing coming out of the Ukraine, and we're seeing prop we're seeing Ukrainian propaganda, we're seeing Russian propaganda, we're seeing EU propaganda, we're seeing U.S. propaganda. It's really hard to see through the fog of this propaganda, uh, the fog of war propaganda that is just bubbling up everywhere. It's weird to say this because this is a war and people are dying. But it's very interesting to kind of look at the competing narratives and the competing propaganda and, and to try to piece, piece things together. So the Ukrainian president, I will say, has done a tremendous job at u- as using this propaganda to his advantage. He keeps um, just earlier today coming out saying, you know, 7000 Russians have been killed. I think Russia has come out and said maybe 500 or 400 have died. Big discrepancy there. Who do I believe? It's probably somewhere in the middle, probably closer to Russia's number, to, to be honest. But the Ukraine is is dominating the, the propaganda war. And the US is largely picking up on the Ukrainian propaganda. And the U- Ukrainian propaganda is basically saying that the US invasion or the <laughs> US invasion. Oh God. Like Joe Joe Biden slipped there. Uh, at least I didn't call Ukraine Iran. But the Russian invasion, they're saying the Russian invasion is being stopped and it's being held up and Ukraine is holding the line essentially is what we're being told. And I think that's, that's, that's true to a degree, but more so Russia has not, this first week of the war, Russia has not really, you know, it hasn't been an all out full fledged blitzkrieg, uh, Type war front. It's been slow and plotting. Um, yes, people have died. I'm not saying people haven't died, and it, it's 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 horrible and it's terrible. But Russia has kind of seemingly sent in their their C team, and um, just today they did start some, some more heavy bombing, and, and they are. I mean, they are getting you know tactically areas, and I'm not going to pull up a map, so I'm not going to get into too much detail on this. But they are getting the areas. Th- that they want, you know, the, the Donbass region, um, they're coming down from the north from the uh, the Belarusian border. Um, Belarus is, is on their side and has recently said they're going to allow nukes in their country. They've, you know, signed a, a whatever a declaration saying they're not going to be non-nuclear anymore, which is that's it's pretty freaking big news for that uh, for that region. But at the end of the day, Russia you know, it's, it's a huge country. It's not necessarily a wealthy country, but they have tons of people. And it's been said that a lot of these Russian soldiers are like 18-year-old kids that are basically picked up and thrown into this war. And they're just, you know, wandering around Ukraine. Um, but at the end of the day, that doesn't matter that much. Uh, it doesn't matter tactically the movements on the ground as long as they are making progress, um, that they've set out to do because they can back it up with, uh, you know, with support, with, uh, with bombs being dropped in from afar. So at the end of the day, Russia's going to win this war. I mean, you're seeing that the EU is, is making, making moves, flirtations with Ukraine. Ukraine has signed some sort of formal, uh, I forget what it was called. Not, not an invitation to the EU, but the, an application. They signed an application to the EU, but it's a long process to get into the EU. And there's different requirements and, um, constraints on membership. So it, I think more, more of that has been made than is actually the case. My prediction, end of the day, I don't think Ukraine joins the EU. Um, I do think that Russia does get their, their Donbass region and, I think at the end of the day, the treaty is going to be essentially Russia gets that and, you know, Ukraine maintains the rest of their country. And if you look at historical voting, um, in Ukraine recently, uh, and for a long time, the country is essentially split in half, uh, with the eastern portion, um, supporting Russia and speaking, a lot of them speaking Russian and the, the Western region, um, supporting Ukraine and, uh, and speaking Ukrainian. So that that's what I think is going to happen. Unfortunately, because there is so much propaganda and a lot of the propaganda that you're seeing, um, we you know we see bar owners out in the street, pour- pouring their Russian vodka down the sewer. Uh, you, there's a tweet that, uh, that, that Tom Woods sent out earlier today. Let me pull that up. Um, there's a Canadian junior hockey league. Uh, they announced that Russian and Belarusian 16 and 17 year old children would be banned uh, from the upcoming draft. Uh, that's that's insane. And what's happened here? I mean, you, you saw what uh, what the elites did uh, during during COVID, uh, where they turned their they turned their focus, they turned their hatred, um, they turned uh the policies and the mandates against the unvaccinated, the filthy unvaxxed masses. Those were were the uh the scorn of uh of everything that's wrong with uh with with the world and if only these people would get vaccinated then everything would be better in life. That that that's sort of what we're seeing here. We're seeing you know that same psychotic behavior Uh, Being focused on the Russian people, which doesn't make any sense at all to focus on a Russian citizen and take out your aggression for what the Russian government is doing to take it out on Russian citizens who most likely, most likely don't have any political capital and have no way of influencing um, what Vladimir Putin is going to do. Or anything at all remotely, and I mean, it, it even annoys me that you have your your media, your sports media in the U.S. is asking these uh, Russian hockey players, Gino Malkin for the Penguins or Alexander Ovechkin for the uh, for the Capitals, asking if they support Vladimir Putin or you know this and that. I mean, you can ask the question, but expecting to get a, like a, a real answer out of them is just dumb. Because look at their position. They're here in the United States. They're playing hockey. They have families. They have family back in Russia. If they go out and they say, Putin's a lunatic and he's out of control, and what happens to their family in Russia? I mean, they're very constrained by, by, by what they're able to say. And th- they'll get blamed for not coming out against Vladimir Putin. I mean, they're trying to protect their families, protect their, their, their livelihoods. Um, so, I, I mean... It's it's just crazy to see this, and th- this it's this is how the left operates. I mean, that's this is what they do. This is this is all they know is to just completely focus in on one group and blame all. The, I mean, it was it was Trumpers, and then it was the unvaccinated. Um, of course, it's not just the left. The right does the same thing because the same thing happened in uh, in U.S. culture. With uh, with Islam, uh, you know, Islamophobia. Uh, you had your, your radical Islams who are obviously doing some some horrible things, and there's this huge is- Islamic scare. Anybody who who, who looks like they're they Middle Eastern, even the slightest bit, you know, I'm sure they were. I'm sure many people turned away from jobs or um, people crossed the street to get to the other side when, when when they saw you know someone of Middle Eastern descent walking their direction, and. My fear, and I think it's already happened, is the same thing is going to happen with Russians, Russians who are in the United States, Russians who own businesses, Russians who are contributing to society here, is they're going to be blamed for what their government is doing, which is crazy. That's crazy talk. I mean, at the end of the day, unless you have some sort of political capital and ways to influence your government there is no reason to sanction the russian people and that's i mean that is how the uh, the us and the eu is is fighting back against this they're taking it out on the russian people sure there's you know sanctions on vladimir putin himself and his banking and this and that whatever i mean the the, the major major sanctions that have impacted russians on the level that they can't even use um credit cards or debit cards or their apple pay or google pay don't work and they they have to use the ruble, which is which is turning to crap, it's. I mean, what does that help? What does that help? I mean, there's one school of thought where you look at a place like Cuba, where we've had very, very stringent, stringent sanctions in place on Cuba for a very, very long time. What what has that done? I mean, has it? Did, did it, you know, did it cause the government to change in Cuba? Did it cause a revolution? Um, sure. Yeah. It caused a lot of people to try to escape and, and die uh, by floating on anything they can to try to get to Florida. But it didn't, it didn't change the government. It didn't change the way that the political apparatus operated in that country. Because what it does when you do that, of course, there's going to be people like in Cuba. Who see well? This is just crazy. I got to get out of this country and try to escape. But there's also going to be people who, when you do put sanctions on a on a country, the uh, authoritarian regime in charge is able to use those sanctions is is able to use uh, the coming poverty and starvation and uh, and things of that nature to their advantage to consolidate their power. Uh, to to build up a uh, a voting block of support behind them, so they can maintain that power. And if I had to guess, that's likely w- what's going to happen here, uh, because you know, Russia, like the United States, they have their propaganda news networks, they have their their, their means of uh, of censoring uh, outspoken voices. I mean, that happened in the United States with COVID. The president, of, the former president of the United States, was kicked off of Twitter. For the love of God, so of course Russia is going to be doing the same thing to control their narrative, uh, to keep, uh, to let the information in of the, the struggling and and the and the poverty and the starvation that's occurring because of sanctions coming from the U.S. and coming um, from from the EU. Of course, they are going to focus on that, and they're not going to focus as much on the you know really what caused those sanctions. So at the end of the day, what ends up happening is those sanctions will just end up creating blowback. This is the same thing as what Ron Paul talked about in the Middle East, which led to 9-11 blowback. Um, it's, it's not any different at all. So, I mean, that's essentially what I think is, is going to happen with, with this situation. It's extremely unfortunate. I don't know what. Putin's really end game is, why this was so important um, to Russia and him to do this. I think he's a lunatic. I think he's a horrible person. I think he's, I don't know if he's you know, got a bad COVID shot and he's, and he's losing his mind. I don't know what's happened. He's off his meds. It's not good for Russia. It's not good for Ukraine, and it's not good for the world at all. I could go down the path of how this, you know, is another, another leg on the stool of, uh, you know, our path towards a CBDC global currency, starting with a, uh, you know, Federal Reserve, um, CBDC. But I won't go down that road because you got to talk about COVID, guys. There's, there's a couple important articles and things, uh, that I wanted to make sure to get out there. I only have four minutes left before I have to, have to cut this off. So, a lot of people are saying, they're saying that the COVID narrative is crumbling. Uh, they're saying it's all falling apart. Not the case. Um, tweet recently by the Mercer County Libertarians out of New Jersey. Uh, the Cleveland Children's Hospital, which is a wing or a uh, subsidiary of the Cleveland Clinic. This is, this is in New Jersey. Um, a nine-year-old uh, suffering from stage five chronic kidney disease. In 2018, he was approved of a transplant. After four long years of searching, the family discovered that his father, his father is a match. The hospital is denying a transplant to take place. Listen to that again. The hospital is denying a father to give his kidney to his son. If that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about where we still are with regards uh, to this COVID bullshit That's it. Need to say anything else about that. Sickening, disgusting, evil, unacceptable. Moving on. Another thing for the people who say COVID narrative is falling apart. Not falling apart, just a pivot. It's just a pivot. So, going to Germany, Andreas Schofbeck, German insurance executive who warned of high vaccine side effect rate. Um, He revealed this through billing data. Well, guess what? They were supposed to meet. Um, have a meeting with German vaccine regulators, this insurance company was. Well, prior to that meeting, they had a little pre-job brief with uh, Andreas and they fired him. So BKK Provida chairman, Andreas Schofbeck, this is the guy who, who brought this forward. He caused an uproar um, writing to German's vaccine regulator uh, to inquire about the high rate of vaccine side effects evident from BKK billing data. Schofbeck has now been fired following an hours-long company meeting this morning at which he was called upon to defend his letter. So they just silenced him. He pulled out real data and showed it, and they just fired him. So th- this is this is the type of stuff that will continue to happen. A lot of people say, well, like uh, Alex Berenson, um, and I love Alex Berenson for you know his tenacity is continuing to follow this through. And to push against the COVID, COVID regime, I give him all the credit in the world. But he's not going to get anywhere. This thing is not going to come crashing down. All it's going to do—the stress of it and everything that he's putting into it, pushing back against it—it's just going to—it's going to cause him to have a, a more miserable life. So, unfortunately, that's how I feel about that. One more thing on the uh, on the Pfizer vaccine data. So, Pfizer vaccine data—they were originally going to. Uh, make you wait until 2085 to have this all released? Well, they've released at least some of that. And within that, there are nine pages of documented side effects from the Pfizer COVID vaccine. Nine pages. You can, I'll I'll link to the tweet on the show notes page. You can go look at it. It's literally everything in the world. Imagine an ad for a Pfizer vaccine followed by that nine pages. It would be the most insane thing to listen to with that real fast reading voice, um, where the guy says everything can happen from you throwing up blood to shitting your pants. Uh, it's it's it, it's ridiculous, and they've skirted around um, having to you know list these side effects in order to advertise, and they have been advertising. They advertise through the states and through the local governments putting things out on Twitter and Facebook and local TV saying go get your uh your covid vaccine it's safe and effective get your booster get your kids vaccinated it's safe and effective the only way they can do this is because there's an emergency order in place which through that they don't have to list the side effects and because they've gone through like Pfizer with a uh, community Co- something like that whatever it is this uh, the the other vaccine that's under a different name that has the FDA approval which is the one they're not give they're not then there's the other one which they give people they don't give anyone the uh vaccine it's it's just a whole shell game in order to protect their ass from being sued and it's sickening it makes me sick to my stomach to to watch it happen but you know i wish i could go longer but unfortunately guys i'm out of time i got to get to another commitment and uh i'll be back next week with a great interview. I got the Pennsylvania Libertarian Convention coming up this weekend. So we'll see who I can talk to there. And yeah, I mean, if I if I'm not gonna go in saying that I having a goal of talking to so many people, honestly, I'm gonna enjoy the convention. If there's someone there who wants to have a conversation and I want to talk to them, then we'll do it. But uh at other conventions, I've tried to get a bunch of interviews and blah, blah, blah. And it's got to be a great conversation. got to be con- compelling content. I'm not just going to do an interview to do an interview. So anybody out there listening, I uh, hope to see you if you're going to the Libertarian LPPA convention this weekend. It's going to be a shit show, I promise you. And uh, I hope to share a drink, not share a drink with you. We'll each have our own drink. But I hope to uh, to have a drink with you and we can talk about the world as it burns. But... Don't worry, guys, your life's not going to burn down because you listen to shows like this, you listen to the lines of Liberty Network, and you get the news, you get the inspiration, you get the motivation to help you to live your life and to see through the bullshit, which always will help you to keep your head up and the fires of Liberty burning.